Staying true to America's national destiny, the voice of the awakening. Your host, Bishop E. W. Jackson. I want to call your attention to Proverbs 29:18. Now I'm going to read this, of course, from the King James Version, not the New King James Version, because I like the way the King James Version reads of Proverbs 29:18. You all know exactly where I'm going. Where there is no vision the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Now, the New King James reads, where there is no divine revelation. And you can say, what it's really saying is where there is no revelation of God's word, God's will, the people perish. Well, over the last two years, there have been some very, unusual results of some polling done. First time in my lifetime I've ever seen anything like this. And it's come out in several polls. It's not just one outlier, but in several polls. And what these polls have said is that somewhere between half and two-thirds. One poll has it at about 46% with, with some groupings within the American people at higher and some at slightly lower levels. And that's a Zogby poll. And then another poll puts it at 61% with 41% um, in one group and 20% in another. But what the polls overall say is this, that the American people think we're headed for a civil war. They think that there's going to be fighting in the streets. Now, I have been watching politics for a long time. I've never seen anything like that. Where you have half to two-thirds of the people actually think that there's going to be violence, American versus American, in our country. And look... I think this is because people see the divisions in our country as so deep, so profound, so irreconcilable that some people think the only way it's going to ever be resolved is through a violent confrontation. Now, I don't believe that, but all of us ought to find it troubling that that many of our citizens believe that. In fact, I lived, I was a young kid, but, but lived through the whole civil rights era. I was coming of age around that time, and I saw all the protests and all the riots and um, heard Dr. King's speeches live. I was young, but I heard his speeches live, uh, watched him moving throughout the country during the era of, of Malcolm X. Um, I mean, that was the era of the, the Black Panthers and, and uh, the Weather Underground and... Uh, and uh, the Symbionese Liberation Army that, that kidnapped Patty Hearst and, and uh, Students for a Democratic Society, all these groups that were calling for revolution in the country, the protests against the Vietnam War. But even during that time, I don't remember anybody saying we're headed for a civil war in this country. I mean, the people who class themselves as revolutionaries, I think most people looked at them and simply thought they were crazy. I don't think anybody thought that they were going to have, a, there was going to be a revolution. I mean, no, 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 no thinking people. There may have been some deluded into believing that. 
But I don't think anybody thought that there was going to actually be a civil war to break out in the country. And that was 60 years ago with, with all that stuff going on. And here we are 60 years later when you would think our country would be more settled, more stable, more unified, and instead we're, we seem to be more divided than we were so much so that people think we're going to have a civil war. Republican Madison Cawthorn of North Carolina said this, and I quote, if our election systems continue to be rigged, then it's going to lead to one place, and that's bloodshed. There's nothing I would dread doing more than having to pick up arms against a fellow American. That's a congressman talking. And here again, whether you agree with him or not, and by the way, I don't agree with him. I don't even agree that he should be talking that way. But the fact that a congressman is willing to openly express that kind of sentiment ought to tell you how serious the situation is, whether you agree or disagree. So the question is, what, what's, what's going on here? What, what is happening in our country that even at times that seem to be, there seemed to be more upheaval, nobody was, there was no, no widespread sense that we were about to have a civil war or that a civil war was somehow imminent. Well, so what's, what's different now? Well, I've heard several people express it this way. Quote, you can vote your way into socialism, but you have to shoot your way out. See, I think that there are people who really believe that there are, are forces in the country trying to completely subvert the nature of our republic. And by the way, may I say, you consider it a pet peeve, whatever you, however you want to take it, but, but it's the truth. I, I'm, I'm ready to explode the next time I hear politicians say, our democracy, our democracy. We're not, this, is a, this country is not a democracy, folks. It's not. It is a constitutional republic. Because what, what, the, what in fact, the father of our constitution, James Madison, in, 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 in Federalist Paper Number 10, said, we don't want to be a democracy because democracies degenerate into mob rule. And that's why, you know, people, the majority rule is not in America. We do govern our, ourselves in some ways by, by majority rule, but, but not everything. The presidency is not determined by majority rule. It's determined by the, by the vote of the Electoral College because our founding fathers designed a system in which the largest, popula most populous states wouldn't control and dominate the least populous states. And so you do have an election by the people, but then you have an electoral college that's based upon states so that smaller states don't get gobbled up or ignored by larger states. So that majority doesn't always elect the president. It usually works out that way, but not always. It's what the electoral college determines. And that was intentional because and th just think of this. At the time that was done, you know what the largest state was in the country at the time they established the electoral college? Virginia. Not now. California, New York. Does anybody want California and New York determining who the president is? Because in a straight population vote, that's what would happen. And the founding fathers had enough vision to know that that would not be healthy for the republic. 
So we are not a democracy. We are a constitutional republic. We can, we, we, we can, we can have, a, have a, a referendum and say, we, we want to vote down the Second Amendment, and the majority can say, yeah, let's get rid of it. You can't do it. Because the Constitution can't be amended by a simple majority vote. There is a process for it, but it's not simple majority vote. And by the way, the, 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 the Constitution... The premise of the Constitution is that there are rights and liberties that are inherent in us as human beings that are not subject to being voted away. Amen. But in pure democracy, you can vote anything. But see, I think that's code language because you know who else uses the word democracy? Communists use it. They call themselves a, a, a democracy very often, but they're not because they know that the system is already rigged <laughs> to get the outcome that they want. Amen? Amen. Are you all with me? Yes. All right, I said you can call that a pet peeve, but I just gave you the truth. So when you hear it, you understand that it's either ignorance or they're trying to get a subliminal message into people that will make people disenchanted with any time the majority does not rule. But that's not the way our country's government was designed. I mean, in the same way, they're trying to get rid of the filibuster now. What's the filibuster intended to do? The filibuster in the U.S. Senate is intended to slow down legislation. And in order to get it to a floor for a vote, you've got to pass the cloture rule. 60 votes. You need 60 votes to get it on the floor. Once you get it there, and, and, and there are things that pass cloture and still don't get a majority or pass without 60 votes. But the point is, enough people have to agree that, yes, let's vote on this in order for it to get to the floor of the U.S. Senate. That's not, that's not majority rule. And now we're hearing, no, we want to go. We, let's get rid of the cloture vote. Let's get rid of filibuster because it's racist. It comes from a different era. But the interesting thing is that the Democrats just used cloture just this week, used filibuster to stop a vote on, the, on, the, on Putin's pipeline of oil into Germany to, to try to put sanctions on him for that. Uh, so it's, it's interesting. It's racist when we want to get rid of it for our purposes, but somehow it's okay when we want to use it for our purposes. The, 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 the founding fathers said that the, the, the Congress House, that is, would represent the people and that the Senate would represent the states and that the, the heat of the House would be cooled in the saucer of the Senate, that the Senate would slow things down so that if we didn't just rush headlong into stuff, there would be a more deliberative body and a slower moving body. It was designed that way. And by the way, even if the majority of the Senate and the House pass a bill, the president can veto it, veto it, and they can't override his veto with a mere majority. It takes two-thirds, a two-thirds vote to overrule the president's veto. So when you hear this word democracy, like what well, the majority ought to always rule. No, that's not the way we were designed. And by the way, we, are, we have the oldest constitution in the written constitution in the history of the world. There must be something right about it. Because others certainly don't. So saints, just, just pay attention and, 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 and think through things. Amen. Don't don't just hear these little slogans. Oh, yeah. Why? Because people nowadays have an agenda. I was saying the same thing about we were here. 
follow the science, follow the science, the science is the science. And I would say, yeah, but everything is politicized, unfortunately, in our culture today. And when people are using something and saying, follow the science, often they're telling you a lie to get you to go along with something that you probably shouldn't go along with. And now we're finding out a lot of the stuff we were told simply wasn't true. Does anybody here remember being told, if you get the vaccine, you won't get COVID, you won't spread COVID? Now, now they say, oh, I don't think we ever said, that's a lie. They said it multiple times. Now it's, oh, no, 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 that's not quite what we meant. What we meant was you won't get a serious case of it. Oh, yeah, you might spread it, but you won't, it won't, people won't get seriously ill from, I mean, and now we're being told that the cloth masks mean nothing. We were told, you need to wear a mask. You need to wear a double mask. Now, all of a sudden, well, the cloth mask, cloth masks don't work. I guess you need to wear an N95 mask. Only thing is, it marks your face up, and it's only good for one ceiling, and once you take it off, you got to put another one on. I mean, it, this, this stuff, it just gets crazier and crazier and crazier. you got to do your own thinking, your own praying, your own research, and make decisions based upon your own conscience between you and God. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Glory to God, glory to God. Now look, and what I'm going to say, a lot of people will misunderstand because I, I really respect the form of our government. But you know, George Washington warned us that no matter how good the Constitution, it could be corrupted by corrupt people. And you know, the, 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 the massive cultural tensions that have produced this result where people think, are we going to have a civil war? Have been not caused by, but facilitated by the Supreme Court. Because the Supreme Court has stepped into areas which, in my view, it shouldn't be involved in. It, 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 has, it has engineered cultural changes that the people themselves should debate and discuss and come to agreement on and allow that to kind of evolve and allow that to happen as, as, a, as opposed to, to imposing edicts upon the people, which they still don't accept. I mean, we're still having all kinds of, of protests over abortion. Now, Roe v. Wade was, was, uh, was uh, decided in 1973. Here we are. 50 years later, and people still don't accept it. Because it wasn't decided by the people, it was decided by five judges who decided that they knew best. And killing unborn babies was quite all right. So look, here's the cultural degeneration. And by the way, you could, you could, you could take a, a, a magic marker and, and draw a timeline from the, the beginning of the history of this country to 1960 and draw a timeline right down the middle and say from that point on is where the culture began to fall off the cliff. Now, we weren't perfect before that. I know that. We had things that we needed to resolve. But I'm telling you, here, here is the most, to me, the most telling issue that gives the lie to the fact that, well, you know, people say, you, we want to go back to the, we want to go back to an earlier time. They want to take us back to segregation. They want to take us back to slavery. I mean, that's just demagoguery. That's just polemics. 
What people are talking about is we want to go back to a time when there was a moral consensus in the country about right and wrong, about good and bad, about personal responsibility. Now, let's just use the litmus test that is often used to indicate because, it's, of course, this affects all groups in the country. But up until 1950, up until 1950, uh, right after this, the, the World War II, as you all know, there was a great migration of Americans of African ancestry out of the South because up until that time, for the first, what, uh, 200, first 100 years of the country and, and all that time before, 90% plus of all black Americans lived in the South. There were very few in the Northeast. After World War II, with the rise of the industrial age and a lot of jobs, and of course getting away from the segregation of the South, there was a great migration North. Okay, so a bunch of people began to move North. Before that great migration happened, 87% of black children were born in two-parent married monogamous families 87 percent so when people say well you know the breakdown of the family is a result of slavery well i guess it took a hundred year delay to get there i mean it's silly that's not that's not what what did it i think the migration forward when people the migration north when people were able to live, live more anonymous lives and be you know uh, live that urban life as opposed to the accountability that that a rural life brings with it, I think that caused some erosion, but still by 1965, still 75% of all black children were born in monogamous, two-parent married families. And you could stick a pin in 1965, and from that point on, when Johnson passed the Great Society programs, the black family began to degenerate remarkably. I mean, just horribly. Until now, here we are with enrichment, not an hour from us, an hour and a half, 80% of black children born in out of wedlock. Two-thirds of the child, black children in this country raised in a single parent, female-headed household. So here's, here's part of this cultural degeneration. Of course, we know the Great Society program started rewarding women for not having a man in the home. And, 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 and basically reward, rewarding men for not being men. Engel right, right. versus Fatality, 1962. Ban prayer from the schools. Prayer's out. We don't need that anymore. You can measure the degeneration of the public school system from that point forward as well. 1963, school district of Abington Township versus Shep. No more Bible reading in the schools. Bible's out. And you can see the continue from that point forward, the school product productivity in terms of education began to decline. And look, here's my view. We need a constitutional amendment that clarifies this. Because I don't think that Bible reading in school or prayer in school is a violation of the First Amendment. That was an interpretation by a bunch of Supreme Court knuckleheads who, who were, were Im, imbued with all this secular educational nonsense that came over, frankly, from Europe and from a lot of Marxist-influenced professors. But here's, here's my proposal for a constitutional amendment. Quote, 
The mere acknowledgement of America's Judeo-Christian foundations through prayer and Bible reading in public institutions is not an establishment of religion in violation of the First Amendment. Very simple. In other words, all that's saying is we are culturally a Judeo-Christian nation. The mere acknowledgement of that is not an establishment of religion. You're not requiring a child to go to church. You're not saying you must join this church. You're not saying this is the appropriate church. All you are doing is acknowledging the cultural reality that America is not Buddhist. We're not Hindu. We're not Muslim. We are predominantly a Judeo-Christian nation. And you are not imposing religion on any child who doesn't agree with that. Because believe it or not, Muslims send their children to Christian schools where they think they're going to get a better education. Where the school is dedicated to propagating a Christian worldview. And Muslims don't mind sending their children. You can't tell me that somehow a Muslim child is abused by going to a school that says, okay, children, we're going to open up with a prayer. I mean, come on, give me a break. What they're really interested in is, is disestablishing disestablishing the cultural norm of our nation. And then, of course, 1973, Roe v. Wade. It's legal to kill unborn babies. And, of course, the moment that passed, the Democrats began to fund abortions with your federal tax dollars and mine. Some states do it, too. And it just makes me godly angry when I think about my hard-earned money going to help kill babies. It's, it's, it's a travesty. It ought to stop. Amen. And we, so for some reason, we have not been able to stop it yet because I'll tell you what, the, the, these Democrats squeal like hit dogs when you start talking about messing with their abortion money. Because, see, it's not, it's not that they're, they're trying to help women. It's that money fuels their political movement. I mean, billions of dollars a year with the blood of babies on the blood of, of innocent babies so they can get their agenda through. And we're helping finance it. And then, of course, just in 2015, Obergefell versus Hodges, 31 states, talk about majority rule, that's a majority, 31 states passed state constitutional amendments saying, we want marriage to be defined as a union between one man and one woman, so much so they put it in their state constitutions. And in 2015, the Supreme Court came along and knocked all of those down and said, no, 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 marriage has got to include two men and two women too. See, they didn't just change the law, they changed the culture. Because what they did then was made it necessary for all the schools, all the companies, Every institution of the culture now had to adhere to this. Whereas before it could have been kept a private matter. You can do what you want to do as private individuals. But oh, no, no, no. They imposed it on our society. And violated all the hard work it took to get 31 constitutional amendments passed in states across the country. And then finally, Bostock versus Clayton County, Georgia, also in 2015, in which the court decided that the word sex in Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964 includes sexual orientation and gender identity. Now, you and I know that when they wrote that in 1965, nobody was thinking about any sexual orientation or gender identity. Amen. That's now the court bringing its own modern predisposition and imposing it 
on legislation that was passed, what, 60 years ago. I mean, it's ridiculous. So the Supreme Court, in my view, has really been a, a, a horrible cultural force in our country because instead of sticking to the Constitution, they want to get in and help evolve the country for us. And we don't need that. That's something the American people can do with debate and discussion and, and, and compromise. We can work those things out. Look, you can't stop two people from entering into a contract that is the equivalent of a marriage if they want to. But what you can stop is the country enshrining that into law so that every institution has got to somehow be a part of that. So that the guy doing a bakery shop can now get sued because he won't bake a gay wedding cake. That's because of these kinds of decisions. Without these kinds of decisions, they just go find a homosexual who has a bakery or somebody who doesn't care. But oh, no, no, no. They want to persecute the guy who's a Christian who says, I don't, God doesn't want me participating in that. I can't do it. I'll bake you any other kind of cake you want, anything, but I can't do that. Oh, really? We're going to put you out of business. We're going to sue you. That's because of these kinds of decisions. So look, I know the Supreme Court didn't initiate any of this stuff, but they facilitated it. See, and these massive cultural changes they facilitated are still not accepted. I mean, because right now, the guy who wouldn't bake a gay wedding cake is being sued for not being willing to bake a transgender cake. I mean, it, it, just, it just never stops. What's next? But here's the good news. The Supreme Court doesn't have the final say. You do. We do. And see, this is something we need to discuss more as a country. When the Supreme Court makes these bad decisions, we need to be thinking about having constitutional amendments that clarify the Constitution and what it actually means. Instead of just saying, well, you know, it's over now. No, it's not over. Supreme Court didn't write the Constitution. And they don't get to have the final say on what it's supposed to mean. The people get the final say. Amen. And we can do that by initiating a process of amending the Constitution of the United States to clarify some of these things. So here again, this would be my proposal. For purposes of the Constitution and laws of the United States, marriage shall be a union between one man and one woman, period. You put that in the Constitution, the Supreme Court's done. They've got nothing else to say because the people have spoken, amen? And on gender, for purposes of the Constitution and laws of the United States, there are two genders, male and female, or man and woman respectively. The word sex is used in any law of the United States shall refer only to these two genders. Genders shall be fixed and unchangeable based on the existence of the Y chromosome in males and its absence in females, and the existence of male genitalia in men and boys, and female genitalia in girls and women. Now, that doesn't stop a person from going out and getting hormone treatment and, and trying to change their gender. They can still do that. And anybody who wants to work with them and ag agree with that can still do that. But what it means is when you get ready to run your business and some guy who's been working for you for three years suddenly comes in in high heels and a pink dress and says, I, I don't want to be called James anymore. I now want to be called Jane. You can say to him, well, I'm sorry, that doesn't work here. He can go find a job somewhere where that's okay. But he can't force that on you. So let's come back then. These are the cultural forces, and I haven't named all of them, obviously, 
that are ripping our country apart right now. I mean, when you get a guy getting arrested at a school board meeting because he says that a, a boy went into the girl's bathroom and raped his daughter and you got school board members say, I don't believe that.